This is Ion Foxborough, the premier podcast for all things New England Patriots. Brought to you by Mass Live. Welcome back to Ion Foxborough. I'm Chris Mason here with Mark Daniels. Actually had a Sunday to watch some football. Eventful weekend with the Patriots off after Thursday night. Mark, how you doing, man? All right, man. I feel feel well rested. I'm getting ready for Chiefs week here. Um, I'm pumped. It's a Sunday afternoon game, but uh, yeah, man. It's it's um, interesting time to cover the Patriots, my man. Yeah. So though the Patriots were off this weekend, there was still a game at Gillette Army Navy, which thrilling at the end. Really good game. Um, but from Patriots perspective, the most interesting stuff came from ESPN's Game Day show earlier, where. Um, Bill Belichick went on there, you know, tossed on his Navy helmet, made the pick. Everyone liked that. But the thing that like really generated some buzz was Robert Kraft on there. I can pull up the quote for you with Pat McAfee from ESPN, where at the end of his interview, McAfee went to Kraft, quote, I don't envy your position with what's about to happen. We all know we don't have to ask. And from there, Kraft kind of paused and then just shook McAfee's hand and the segment was over. Mark, what did you make from that? I was really surprised. I mean, that's it's like fluff, you know. What I mean, that that stuff like with Bill Belichick, it's all like really puff pieces. It's not hard hitting journalism. They're not there to ask hard questions. And for Pat McAfee to mention to the Patriots owner that, hey, you're probably gonna have to fire Bill Belichick. I I was super surprised. I was like on my couch with um my son Tyler watching watching it unfold, and I was like, wow, he he really really went there. There was a part of me that was like. Good for you. There, there was another part of me that was like, I wonder how Kraft feels about that. Was it, was it out of bounds? But I think he brings up sort of this really kind of good point here. And I revisited some of Kraft's comments in the you know annual meetings, Chris, that we were at in what was it in Arizona last March, where Kraft really was was honest with us. Right? He wants the Patriots to be back in the playoffs. He he, he would love to see Bill Belichick break Don Shula's record, but it's all about winning. It's not about stats. It's about getting back on track, Like which brings us to this. like As Pat McAfee said, four weeks to go here. Do we know what's about to happen? Like I, I personally don't feel that a win over the Steelers changes anything. So I have some stats for you. Since 2020, after Tom Brady left, the Patriots are 28 and 35. They've won around 44% of their games since 2020. The Patriots are 16th in the NFL in wins, which to me makes sense because they've been a middling team. Really, they haven't been great. Now, since last year, since week one, the Patriots, Chris, are 11 and 19. They've won 36% of their games. 11 wins since last year ties them for 19th in the NFL with Raiders, the Colts, the Rams. It's not great company to be in. So when I heard Pat McAfee say what he said to Robert Kraft, I kind of I kind of got it because I don't think a win over the Steelers changes anything. I think where we're headed, you know what I mean? With four weeks to go, yeah. I think we sort of know what's supposed to happen. I think it is the end of the Bill Belichick era. And three of those wins, three of those 11 that you mentioned came against Zach Wilson, too. So it's like giant asterisk there. Um, I had like two takeaways from the McAfee thing. First. A lot of people are reading into Kraft not responding or Kraft just like doing whatever and being like, see? And it's like, I don't know, man. I think that was kind of just an 82-year-old guy who was caught off guard and was kind of trying to process what he said and then was like, okay, the interview's over. Like, I, I read nothing into Kraft's reaction from that. I don't know if you did. 
But no, yeah, no. The other thing was just the end of McAfee's quote where he said, we all know we don't have to ask. It's like, could you have asked? I think that would have been way more telling than just saying that and having people try to do like body language reading from there. You know, it's like, all right, it's kind of a weird, just a weird move, like weird spot to put him in. But I didn't read anything from like Kraft's body language after the fact where I thought a lot of people are trying to make um, molehills into mountains there. No, yeah, I mean... At the end of the day, the Patriots have been pretty bad. They've been now, Chris, since since our last podcast, the Patriots have actually been eliminated from the playoffs. Like the Patriots are the there's only there are only two teams right now in the NFL eliminated from the playoffs. It's the one in 12 Panthers and the three and 10 Patriots, which is wild. This is actually the earliest the Patriots have been eliminated since 2000. Bill Belichick's first year here. And I, I, I it, it is weird, but I, I sort of agree with uh, Pat McAfee in the, his first sentence. Like we don't envy him like it's really hard to move on from a good head coach, right? Like mm. it's like, you know, when like the Eagles moved on from Andy Reid, it's it's not easy to move on from a guy that's won one Super Bowl, never mind six. Like it's I for me, I think this is like the most polarizing Patriots storyline maybe ever. You know, uh, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to think like it's so it's so crazy to me where we are right now because they've a dynastic run two decades of just dominance every year you knew they'd be in the AFC championship game. Now it's just, it's sort of come crashing down. And I, I have one thing I want to say about like Bill Belichick, not coming back. My, my biggest thing, I think my biggest thing right now with Bill not coming back, they need to reset, start over with a young rookie quarterback. And I think they need to reset with a coach that is going to be here for the long term. I don't think it makes sense to bring Bill Belichick back, draft a rookie quarterback and have Bill retire in a couple of years. Honestly, if you're going to completely revamp this thing, give it to Gerard Mayer or a new coach. Start over with the rookie quarterback. Honestly, I think that would be better than having Bill Belichick work with the rookie for like two years. You know what I mean? I agree with that. And as far as like not bringing Bill back, like if you've listened to this pod, you know, my biggest issue with the whole thing is you look at the offense and it's just what what was the vision here? What was best case scenario? It just doesn't seem like there's like a forward thinking long term vision at all where it's like, Best case scenario with this offense is they'd be like the 2021 offense again that was like middling and then got doors blown off in Buffalo in that playoff game where it's like that team wasn't good enough. It was almost like you tried to recreate that, but it's, it's really more like you're living in the early dynasty days where, you know, teams just aren't winning football games that way. I, I think they need a, you know, more forward thinking, younger, like offensive coach to like, especially if you're drafting a rookie quarterback to go in that direction. And but I, I mean, I think we're I think we're also in the same camp here that the Pittsburgh win doesn't change anything in terms of Bill's future. Right. No, 100 percent. I think it would be different, honestly, if Mac Jones was different. Like if Mac Jones showed that he was a capable starting quarterback and you were still losing games, but Mac is still starting. And you said, you know what, we're going to pick up his fifth year option and roll with him. I'm f I would be f actually fine with keeping Bill Belichick, because at that point you go into the offseason and it's sort of different. It's hey. How do we help Mac? How do we get him more weapons? How do we give him better tackles? How do we build up the offensive line? I think that's different. It's easier when you have the guy you, that you already know. The fact that you have no idea who the quarterback is next year, I, I just think to me it lends to me it's more like, hey, let's just let's just redo this. Like, with with signing Kirk Cousins for a forty million dollar deal, is it is that really the play here? Is that is that all of a sudden going to change the Patriots? Like, honestly, maybe you bring Kirk Cousins in, you and you draft, you know, a wide receiver, and maybe they win nine ten games. But is that really what we're going for here? I think if the Patriots really want to get back to like their quote unquote winning ways, you have to focus on the quarterback position. And for me, it's it's the NFL draft, and because of that, I think start over with a new system, new OC, new new head coach. 
Yeah. And even if you were in that, like bringing Mac back, he's the guy we just need someone to build around him. I don't know that bill is the right guy to build around him. Looking at how brutally the wide receiver position has been mismanaged over the last, however many years now, you know? So yeah, I, I think we're in the same camp that he's still probably gone at the end of the year. I, I still think it's probably a mutually parting of ways, yada, 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 throw a bow on that. I don't think it's going to be some sort of huge blowout, but I think the writing's on the wall. And one move that might indicate that, that we saw over the weekend too, was Ross Douglas leaving to go to Syracuse. For those of you who don't know, Ross Douglas, 29 years old, regarded as one of the like bright young, like assistant coaches in the game. He's ascended, um, the I guess the coaching depth chart in Foxborough pretty quickly too, where he came in 2021 and was like a quality control coach. Last year he was an assistant wide receivers coach. Belichick thought so much of how he's progressed that he dropped the assistant from his title this year, and he's just a co-wide receivers coach with Troy Brown. Mark, what do you read into with Ross Douglas leaving for Syracuse for a wide receivers coach job there? Ross Douglas leaves the Patriots for a lateral job at Syracuse, a five and six team win team a five a five win team they went five and six last year they fired dino barbers and they hired a uh, new coach whose name's escaping me and i only said because there is a connection between ross douglas and the new syracuse football coach am i looking it up really fast but um it, and it's essentially they were at Rutgers together yeah it's, it's fran brown fran brown and ross douglas have a relationship that dates back to their time at Rutgers. i believe ross douglas was a ga and fran brown was the cornerbacks coach but ross douglas actually started coaching dbs which is why they have a relationship but to see the patriots wide receiver coach leave for a lateral move at syracuse which is not a good football program is eye-opening and i think it says a lot chris i think it the writing is on the wall that hey you know what i might be, my career might be better to go to Syracuse right. and stick here with this Patriots coaching staff because things are so horrible. Like one, I, I will say this. I do think they need new wide receiver coaches because the receivers really up to this point, the route running, the route depth, the catching, it's the route spacing. It's been issues we've seen since last year. And to me, yeah. Roy Brown and Ross Douglas have not done enough. But to lose a young assistant coach who is ascending, I mean, he was on the NFL Network's list of like sort of future head coaches yeah. Tom Pelissero does but man I, I thought that was pretty wild and to me it does show that these guys know they're on shaky ground in Foxborough and honestly right. change is coming I think that's what it says yeah like I, I just wonder if he you know looks at the situation in front of him and is like huh this job might not be here for me next year if they blow things up so I'm gonna try and get ahead of it go to Syracuse now and take like a, it's funny where it's like a lateral move in title but you can't even consider it a lateral move when you're going from the New England Patriots to the Syracuse Orangemen. Like, sorry, Chris Smith, but that is not that's not like a lateral move. That's like you're taking a step back and just being like, all right, we'll 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 see how this goes. Yeah, it's it's pretty wild that he sees a brighter future with Syracuse with a new coaching staff for a team that really hasn't been relevant in college football in a long time. And so, all right, this morning. Bill Belichick goes on the Greg Hill show and game day bill is immediately gone, you know, <laughs> like bubbly engaging, like really like telling stories, just having a great time, making everyone laugh. Back to a little, uh, a little more of a curmudgeonly bill this morning, I would say, where he did not really want to talk about anything. And once again, was asked about Bailey Zappi and him being the starter moving forward and all that. And once again, said, I'm not I'm not naming starters. I'm not going through this every position. So he's he, he won't say that Bailey's starting, even though Bailey's obviously starting moving forward. But one thing I did think was interesting in his interview this morning is he got asked again 
why it took so long for Bailey to be the starter in week 13. And this time he referenced the summer and he said, well, he played a lot in the preseason. What do you make of that, Mark? What do you, what do you see there? That, that Why didn't they go to Bailey Zappi earlier? It, it's a great question. However, people have not been paying attention. They don't know the answer. And the answer is on it. It's, it's, it's truthfully what he said. Bailey Zappi was not good in training camp. He was not good in the preseason. That's why they cut him. That's why no one claimed him. No one claimed Bailey Zappi to be in the 53-man roster, the guy who's now starting a quarterback for you. Bailey Zappi had a bad offseason in Bill O'Brien's offense. He didn't pick it up as fast. And frankly, he didn't He didn't look as good in Bill O'Brien's offense as he did in Matt Patricia's year ago, where it was really dumbed down to, to a certain – I think we can say it was really dumbed down last year. Yep. So what Bill is referencing, which I believe, is that, hey – yeah, there was a there was a large sample size here with Bailey Zappi guys, and that's why he didn't start. And truthfully, it's why Bailey didn't start up until Los Angeles. Like Bailey wasn't better than Mac Jones in practice because the truth is, when everything is even, when these guys are at their tip top, right? Mac Jones is a better quarterback. It's why he was a first round pick. It's why he started. Mac Jones has routinely beaten out Bailey Zappi because he's better in practice. The problem is Mac Jones lost his mind. No matter, it didn't matter how good he was in practice. He wasn't nearly as good in the games. He couldn't, they brought the other teams brought pressure and Mac just fell apart. Bailey Zappi's not doing that as we've seen. He's actually able to stay calm and composed. And what Bill mentioned is that like Bailey has quote, I think he said managed the offense well. And he said he's, he's done a good job with the football, not turning it over. That's right. He's not falling apart. He's not turning over the ball. Bailey Zappi didn't start, guys, because he wasn't as good as Mac Jones. That's just the truth. And Bill can't come out and say it, but me and you can say it, Chris, because we watched every single practice. You know what I mean? Like, there's a sample size here, guys, with Bailey Zappi. And there are some stats to back it up, too. I'll I'll throw some stats your way. He had three appearances the preseason this summer, had by far the most reps of anyone this preseason, completed 58% of his passes, and threw one touchdown in three games. Like, and then got cut at the end of camp. Like, that's not getting it done. And then... Even coming out of the bullpen for Mac in the first in his four relief appearances, completed forty eight percent of his passes, uh, threw two uh, through two interceptions and did not throw a touchdown pass. So it's one of those things where he's looked good now. Like he did look good in Pittsburgh, no doubt about it. Yeah, the evidence up until that point wasn't like it wasn't like a glaringly obvious thing. Like how could you be this stupid? It was like. Bailey really hadn't played particularly well. And like with starters reps and everything, he has been better. Definitely has been better. But it's not like he was really like banging on the door. No, you like the way it works in the NFL. If if you're not, you're not, if you're not practicing well, you're not going to play as much. That's just the truth to like beat out a starting quarterback. Honestly, you have to either be better than him in practice or in training camp. Or like something horrible has to happen. You know what I mean? Whether it be an injury or a guy just loses it. And like Mac Jones clearly just lost it this year, right. which is why he won't start again probably ever for the Patriots unless, you know, Bailey Zappi gets hurt. But, you know, Chris, I- I'll say this. I-, I think like where it's trending, I think you would agree with me. The Patriots are going to move on with a different starting quarterback. Like I don't think the Patriots week one quarterback in 2024 is on the Patriots roster right now. I, I don't think that's a controversial statement. I'll say one thing. I'll give you one scenario that Bailey Zappi can start next year. What he did in the first half against Steelers, three touchdown passes, he he looked he looked great. It didn't continue in the second half. If Bailey Zappi can take that one half, do it against the Chiefs, do it against Denver, do it against Buffalo, do it against the Jets, like play like that for four games in a row, he might have a chance to start. Maybe like I'm 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 honest here, like Bailey Zappi and the Patriots go four and zero. Bailey Zappi lights the world on fire. The argument is you should maybe build around him. I think that is, and I'm not saying this will happen. I'm, my my percentage on it is like 1%. But 
I don't think Bailey Zappi is a starting quarterback, but I do think there is a small, slim chance that I could see Bailey Zappi doing it. And that's only if he did what he did in one half over the course of one game for the next four games, if that makes sense. It does. I also do not think that's going to happen. I think ultimately he's competing for a backup job next year where like they, the Patriots have basically no depth at quarterback right now that they feel good about. So I, I think they're just looking for a backup for the future. And I think the week one guy next year is not on the roster right now. I think we're, you know, lock lockstep in that. Um, Chiefs coming to town this weekend, coming off a very controversial loss with <laughs> Kadarius Tony lining up off sides. Did you get a chance to watch that game? Did you? I did, Chris. I did. I I got. I just got to put it out there, man. Patrick Mahomes is a baby. He's a he's a giant big baby. I'm I'm sorry. Kadarius Katoni was so far offside. It was egregious. It'd be one thing if it was sort of close. It wasn't. Even like people are bringing up the Terry McLaurin play against the Giants. Like I think it was a year ago. McLaurin. It put, for those who don't know, checked in with the referee who gave him a thumbs up that he was onside and then threw a flag because he was like inches offside. That was egregious. That, that I would be pissed off about what happened to Kadarius, Tony and the chiefs. I'm not pissed about. And I think the chiefs are to blame and Kadarius Kadoni shows zero situational awareness. So I have absolutely uh, like, I don't know. I I think there are a bunch of babies over there in Kansas city and they should stop crying. That's my, my take. I think both of these are true where they are being such babies about it. And like Mahomes mic'd up after the game, did himself no favors where he's like going to shake Josh Allen's hand and is still crying about that call. And it's like, okay. I mean, it wasn't like a fourth down call either. You had a couple more chances after that and it was a sick play. It, I mean, if the ref, doesn't want to turn it into a ref show. It's so easy when Tony looks over at him to be like, 19, you're off. Like if he checks in, you know, the ref can very easily just be like, 19, you're off sides. And then he just takes a step back and then the play happens. And like, we're not talking about refs today, but again, he's a professional player. It's, you know, it's, it's the NFL. You should know where to line up. But there's just part of me that's like, come on, man, you you don't have to do that. You can just be like, 19, you're off. 19, you're off. Take a step back. Boom. Chris, and then, do you, you remember the... I think it was D Ford who was offside yeah. and negated a Brady interception. And people said that the thing was with that game, the Patriots won an OT because they converted on third down, like three times in a row. Wasn't the third and 10 times in a row in OT. Yeah, it was, it was like, I can understand that the chiefs being mad, the D Ford call, you failed to stop Tom Brady three times on third down and OT, which is why you lost. And and I would just say with the KC thing, like the game wasn't over. Like yeah. they, they did have time to put together some more plays. I forget how many plays actually happened after that. But it was I, I was watching the game like, all right, let's see if like they can actually make something happen. Yeah, they had two more plays. So it was it was second and 10. Then it became second and 15 and third and 15. And you have Pat Mahomes. Like, I don't I don't hate your odds to pick up 15 yeah. yards of Patrick Mahomes. They just didn't you had, do it. You had fourth down there, too. So you had like three more cracks right. of it where I, I thought it was a second down play where it's like, OK, that's brutal. And it's really deflating. But also like game's not over. You can keep playing, you know, like sucks. But. One quick, I don't want to, I don't think this is a hot take and I'm absolutely not picking the Patriots over the Chiefs this weekend, but I think the Chiefs are going to have a hard time scoring in Foxborough. Like just watching that offense, the wide receivers have been so bad there, you know, and I think the Patriots run defense is good enough already. Like it's the best in the league that I think they can put more attention on those, like on Kansas City's passing game, try and take Mahomes away. And I, I think Belichick can make it a long day for Mahomes. Like, again, I don't think the Patriots are going to win this weekend. But I think they can they can play him tough. 
the the Chiefs have an interesting issue is that they actually do lack weapons for their quarterback, who's the best in the league. And Travis Kelsey Kelsey is clearly declining. He's not as someone who owns him and has him in fantasy. It's like, <laughs> oh, I have him in fantasy, but like he hasn't been good. I, he's my first round pick, Chris, and I'm out of the playoffs. I kind of blame him a little bit for it, other than the GM. <laughs> Uh, my my picks after him went really poorly, so it's really more so on me than Travis Kelsey. But he hasn't been as good, and it's true. They have what Rashid Rice, a rookie, Isaiah Pacheco, their running back is hurt. So it's like you know they they lost Juju Smith-Schuster last year. They didn't do enough to replace him, and that's been a storyline we've talked a lot about here with the Patriots. But it it certainly rings true with the Chiefs. And man, can you imagine Patriots fandom if Bailey Zappi beats Patrick Mahomes? It would be, <laughs> it would be wild, man. That that would make for a wild Christmas week. This Chiefs team does feel a little like. 06 Patriots where I'm not even saying they're going to the AFC championship game, but you look around and you know, Brady, it's like, who are you throwing to, you know, like Rache Caldwell, like Doug Gabriel, what, what is going on here? And of course, like after that bill really course corrected with Welker Moss the next year and realized that, but it, it feels like the, the chiefs have gotten to like the 06 Patriots point where it's like, how far can we push this with a generational quarterback? And they're finding out right now that like Mahomes is amazing, but at the end of the day, you need 11 players on offense. Hey, it's a team sport. That's what they say. There is. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you further on down the trail. This has been Ion Foxborough, brought to you by Mass Live. <laughs>